Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Nicole Eccles, who is the founder and CEO of an amazing, amazing company, an amazing product, uh, Glasshouse Fragrances. And uh, we are so excited to have her here today to talk a little bit more about her company, how it started, how it's going, all of that kind of stuff. In 2005, she decided to uproot her life and head to Australia. And that is when the idea for Glasshouse Fragrances started. She is an incredible example of finding your passion, basically walking every day in life and you know being open to figuring out is there a business somewhere in here and uh, I've loved doing the research on her and really understanding a little bit of the background of the company before actually trying her amazing amazing 
product that is uh, actually a candle that is all natural fragrances, but also just native scents of Australia. Um, I actually had a flower scent that is just unbelievable. So I am so excited to hear more about her journey. And welcome, Nicole. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so nice to talk to you. I'm a big fan of what you do. And I love talking to other entrepreneurs. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you. So you started Glasshouse Fragrances after moving to Australia, I read. I mean, it sounds like such a fun journey to make that decision. I bet it wasn't an easy one, um, maybe initially. But tell me a little bit about the early days. Like what led you to do that? So um, my background is cosmetics. I was working you know, I'm from the New York City area. I was working at Saks Fifth Avenue uh, for Chanel for many years. And I left that business and went into corporate sales. And I worked uh, for a company that relocated me to California and I lost my job. My son and I had moved over there. I didn't know anyone in California. I was living not too far from where you are in Sausalito. And I lost my job and I thought, oh, geez, what am I going to do now? Like my friend's threw me a going away party in New York and I gave up my apartment and anyone who's from New York knows that's like a big deal trying to find a new one. So I decided I was going to keep going. And I went to Sydney because a friend of mine said, Oh, you're really going to love, you know, Sydney. So just why don't you go over there? I said, okay, I'll go over to Sydney and see what it's like. So I put my son, it was, it was a summer break and my mom took my son Gregory and watched him. And then I went over there and I thought, this is a beautiful place. This will be a great place to raise a child. And the other main thing that happened was I saw a gap in the market, a massive bleeding gap. And I thought, I know I've been looking for a very long time for a gap in the US market and I haven't been able to identify one, but there is a big one here and I'm going to go for it. So that was kind of the reason that I decided to move there. I loved it, but I could have just stayed on a vacation and come home. Yeah. But I decided to stay and you started Glasshouse Fragrances all that. I mean, all those years ago, it's nearly 16 years now. We started Hint the same year. Yes. I'm thinking back on that time, but you had not, you worked at Chanel, I. but at, like, how did you... How did you know how to do this? I mean, it's such a big deal. I didn't. I didn't even know how. So we started. So we own the scented candle category in Australia. We are the biggest. We are a household name. And That's everyone amazing. who's Australian, if you say Glasshouse Fragrances, not only do they know the brand, they're probably using in the brand. And we're a lifestyle fragrance company. So we do candles, which was the first thing product that I created. But we also do personal care, on a parfum. There's lots of products that we make. We have over a hundred SKUs in our core range. So I didn't know how to do any of this, but as a consumer, I knew exactly what I wanted. And I had come from arguably the biggest beauty market in the world. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Australia where it's one of the tiniest. And it, it just felt to me like, geez, where's all the products? And so I didn't know how to make a candle. And candle making is incredibly hard. Yeah. And I didn't know that either. And and here in the States, uh, most companies, if you want to start a candle business, you can go to a contract manufacturer. You can make these products. There are plenty of beautiful contract manufacturers around there. But in Australia, there weren't any. Hmm. So I had to create my own factories. And that makes us very, very unique in this industry 
because we make everything ourselves by hand, which means I can control the rhythm in terms of newness because I'm not a slave to MOQs. I can control the quality. It takes us 18 months for a product, just we call it concept to customer, an idea till actually it's launched into the market because we're so pedantic about quality. That's how long it takes to to get the fragrance to work, to get the adhesion on the glass, to to get the fragrance to burn evenly and cleanly all the way to the bottom. That's amazing. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including 
the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And it took, I would say it wasn't until about five years ago that I was truly satisfied with our product. And now it is world-class for the price point. It's true. For the price point, you cannot buy anything as good. Well, I'm a, a candle snob. Uh, so when I got your candle, I, um, I, you know, I not only loved the essence that was, um, that I was smelling the fragrance that I was smelling, but also the, how much it lasts. Right. And it's, I mean, that is such, you know, you can tell quality, I, I think from that. Well, that's the thing. When I started this brand, I thought, okay, what do I want in a candle? Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be strong. So they're triple scented. I wanted the jar to be unobjectionable, to go in any decor and look beautiful. I wanted it to smell really expensive. I wanted the fragrances to be complex, lasting, bold, and full. All of these things. And when I, when I, I, I used to reference little, all these different things. So I'd say, I want it to be as big as a Yankee candle, but I want it to be as luxurious as the high-end brands. And I used to sort of think about all these attributes. And what happened was I created this, this candle that was the best of the best. And after that, pretty much every brand tried to come into Australia because the category was in fast growth at this point. Yeah. And there were a lot of, Competitors coming into the market, but because we, the price was great. We have a huge range of fragrances. It's unobjectionable to look at. It's not a huge market also compared to other places. There just really wasn't anywhere to go. And so we're very fortunate to, um, to be, uh, as, as established and as big as we are, but we don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. We are pushing ourselves every day to, to stay, ahead to break the boundaries in our industry, to do things that are 
innovative and different to keep our customers happy. Going back to the first couple of years, what what were the, like the key things that you, I, I mean, maybe lessons learned uh, while you're sitting there trying to build out this company? I would imagine to some extent you're you had a little candle operation going in your home, test doing some testing, and uh, and you know, tell me like those first couple of years, like how did you even know how to get this thing off the ground? I had no idea. I just knew what I wanted the end result to be, and I remember I didn't know how to make a candle, so I was in Australia a lot. They have a lot of like weekend markets where people will sell like coffee and home-baked bread. So they do here too sure. as, as well. And there was a candle maker there that used to pour, you know, sometimes candle makers, those market home types mm-hmm. will pour candles in anything, wine jugs, you know, teacups. So I met this guy there. I go, oh, you look like you know how to make a candle. Why don't you come over to my kitchen and we'll make it together and show me how to make this candle. And I remember we're making these candles and I couldn't smell anything because there was so, this I know now, but there was so much fragrance in the room that I had become completely numb to the fragrance and the set, the smell of it. My olfactory shut down. And I remember saying to him, these candles aren't strong enough. We need to put more fragrance in them. We need to put more fragrance in them. And he said, Nicole, we have so much fragrance in these candles. Someone's going to fall over when they burn these. They are, they're as loaded as they get. And then I remember, um, they used to smoke so bad because I didn't know how to burn hair ah, wicks. Yeah. And they were terrible, terrible. If I had started this business in the U.S., I, I surely would have been, you know, done before I started. But in that market, consumers didn't really know what a scented candle should or shouldn't do. So they just used to trim the heck out of them to keep them from smoking. Yeah. And I, like, I have to fix this. So that's how we ended up with two wicks in our candle instead of the one, because I couldn't get it. I couldn't find a wick that worked. So I put two in there and it's one of our sort of, you know, our signature. Sort of yeah. And so did you obviously not direct to consumer back in 2005, I would guess, uh, especially not in Australia. So you no. were going straight to retail initially. What so was we went straight? Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. What was your first uh, store? that you went into? So what I did was, um, we're privately owned and my partner who I had met, who was the investor in the brand. Um, I said, look, um, we'll make this, these first batches ourselves before we open a factory. And then let's make sure this works before we invest in a facility and staff, et cetera, et cetera. So I made about 300 candles and we had 12 boutiques around Sydney. Um, when I say boutiques, independent, beautiful retailers with the, you know, lovely, beautiful clothes or homewares or gifts, those sort of places. And um, I just brought the candles to them. I said, you don't have to pay me. I just want you to put them out and let's see, you know, if you sell them, you can pay me, but let's see how they go. And each store would have had about 24 pieces or something like that. Everyone sold out in like three days. Amazing. And I picked the best shops I could find, which I didn't know because I just moved yeah. there. Yeah. So I had to read all, I was reading all the magazines. And what would happen is the stylists would take, you know, a, a sculpture from this shop or flowers from this shop. And, but they were all the trendy it stores. So I went to those stores because I knew that 
at least they had a reputation for being beautiful. And, and that's the only way I could do it because I didn't know it. I didn't know any shops or anything. I just, I felt my way through it. Tara felt my way through it because I didn't know when you don't know, you have to feel your way. Hey, Kara here. We are thrilled you are listening with us, and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many amazing guests over the past few years, and there are so many more to come. I cannot wait. And my focus is on entrepreneurs and CEOs, real innovators and leaders who are making a difference. That's what I'm looking forward to bringing you. One of the reasons I enjoy interviewing many of my guests is that I get to learn We all need to hear stories that teach us to be better, inspire us, and help us get through those challenging moments. I can't remember the last time I had a guest that didn't leave me feeling like a major hurdle had been overcome. We just don't hear these stories enough. And when we do, we learn to be smarter and stronger. Don't you agree? Episodes are concise but packed with amazing info that you will surely be inspired by. Do me a favor and send me a DM and tell me what you think about each interview that you get a chance to be inspired by. And if you are so inclined, please leave one of those five-star reviews for The Kara Golden Show on one of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Reviews really, really help. Now let's get back to this episode. What is the toughest business decision that you've learned along the way? I mean, maybe there was, I mean, you talked about the Wix a little bit, but what was there something like, I've had people on before who talked about pricing or uh, doing a factory, not doing a factory. I mean, Seth Goldman from Honest uh, just recorded his and, you know, you talked about he had factories and that was like a nightmare him. Like it wasn't the business that he wanted to be in. And so there's so many lessons that I think people don't see. Uh, What do you think is like one of the biggest lessons that you've learned? So many lessons. We could talk all day. Like you, we've been doing this a while. We could talk all day about this, but I, you know, the the toughest thing I think in business is when you don't know, Mm -hmm. and there's sort of two roads you can take and you actually don't have a preference for one or the other, or don't think one is better than the other, but you have to make a decision. And a good example of that is we just doubled our factory recently during COVID when in our category, home fragrance has been in 30% growth globally. Um, we, our business was no different. We experienced great growth during that time, but we didn't know if that growth would continue. Because people returning back to work, going back to the office, we knew that the base would be higher than it was before. And we knew with current production and requirements, we we had run out of space. The other thing that was happening is simultaneously is we were expanding here into the U.S., which is why I've moved back after all these years Mm -hmm. to be with my family, which and I've missed the U.S. so much, to be honest. But also I'm here to sort of have this expansion. And I said, well, what if it doesn't work? Like, what if, you know, what if I'm, and, and I, and I, you know what, it is going to work. Of course it is. We've had great results so far, but taking on and doubling your factory is a massive expense. Yeah. And it's uh, a massive expense. And also you're going into a market that is more crowded, right? And And there goes your EBIT, there goes your EBIT and you're like, okay, well, what do I do? And so anyway, so we did it. And 
that's one example, but there's so many. I think the toughest thing in business for me has been um, understanding people are the most important part of any business. Uh-huh. And when you get that wrong, it causes a lot of problems. And, you know, having good leaders in the right roles and keeping everyone motivated and um, on track. That is really my job. Yeah. In addition to creating fragrances and coming up with product ideas. And that's, you know, that's the, I think the hardest part in, in business, but we have a fantastic team. Like I wouldn't hear if it wasn't for those guys, but getting that right. I had to learn, I learned that the hard way over time and with experience. Yeah. I, I think that that's one lesson that I've learned as well. I remember the first time we had somebody quit. And, uh, you know, in the early days, and I, I took it very personally, you know, and (laughs) right. And it was just, it was very much about why didn't I see it coming? I mean, what, what can I do differently? And what I learned over time and I share with entrepreneurs and other leaders is that there's different stages of companies, um, for different people, right? And you have to let them fly, right? You have to let them go and and go find something else. And I think that it's definitely, but especially when it's your first company, um, you just have a different lens to it than maybe when you were working for somebody else, right? And and I think it's just a, uh, it's just a very, very interesting sort of learnings. Again, there's a lot of things that as a founder and a CEO that is, of course you have had to do that you don't talk about, right? Like, you know, figuring out health insurance or figure, you know, all these different things that you've got to do that above and beyond making an incredible product. And yes, yes. When you start, you have to be very dynamic. And our culture is, it's a family, it feels like a family business. And I try to, as we scale, that's been the most challenging part. That's so important to me that everyone... I used to cry when people left. I used to, it felt like I was breaking up with like, yeah. you know, it was so hard. And now I, if someone leaves the company because they've been promoted to a better role or recruited somewhere else, I'm happy for them. Yeah, and I'm glad they're... part of that journey. So during COVID, you were in Australia? Uh, yes. And, and so. Part of it, and part of it here. I sort of, I moved here in late 2020. So what was it like for you? in Australia because you guys, I mean, Australia had an extensive oh. lockdown and it was, uh, you know, in terms of the factories and I'm, I'm so curious. Well, um, yeah, it, it was tough when COVID first started because we had it before the U S because it was sort of China, yeah, Australasia, then it's sort of, and I remember calling my brother who lives in Jersey city. And I said, cause I heard there was one case in uh, the U.S. And I called to my said, Jonathan, I'm going to say something to you right now and you're going to think I'm nuts, but you need to go to the grocery store right now and you need to buy toilet paper. These are the things you need to buy. And he said, oh, don't be ridiculous now. Yeah. And so when, in Australia, you know, the culture is very different. They're culturally more obedient mm-hmm. in, in general, um, more cooperative. And the view of you know, Australia and New Zealand was similar. And that is, let's just zero cases. Let's just not, no one should get it. And everyone just gets stuck inside. You know, those people that move around the world for weather, I feel like I've moved around the world for COVID because I was like, I I get out of here. So I did one month shut in the house. That's not for me. I could not. I feel bad 
for my fellow Australians that had to go through that. And when I moved back here, that was when the really bad, so Melbourne and Victoria had a lot of really bad lockdowns, like months and months. They couldn't leave. They could not leave their neighborhood, their house. And you were Um, in Sydney. I was in Sydney, but last year, Sydney had an extensive lockdown for a few months where everyone was in the house and I was here and it was such a culture shock to come from Australia and then come here where everyone's walking around doing whatever. Everyone's catching COVID, passing it along. It was so different. And how about your factories? How, how was that? Well, the factory, um, we kept running. Uh We were very careful. We had separate shifts that ran. We had the office area shot from the, um, the manufacturing area. We were, we were so afraid that someone, one of our candle makers or someone in manufacturing was going to, um, have COVID because if we did, then we would have had to shut down. Sure. And one of the most incredible things, cause a lot of our, um, people in this industry, this, when you, when your business increases by 30%, you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. You have totally. to buy the raw materials, for example, to make the products. Yeah. We had that because we had just gone through a period where we decided we made a strategic decision to really bulk up because there were advantages to the FX exchange. There were reasons for it. And so we suddenly had all of this stuff. We didn't miss a single sale during COVID. And that is in our industry. That is. That's amazing. Amazing. And it's because of my amazing ops director. She did the most incredible job making sure that our employees were safe, mm-hmm. that the place was, we, we tripled our cleaning regime. So we did, we got through it. We did what we needed to do. Team is everything. So, but it's, uh, I love hearing these stories of, you know, resilience. No, I don't think anybody was prepared, no matter where you were in the world. No. And you, you know, the real leaders, the real, um, you know, incredible managers were the ones that just sort of stepped up to the plate in every industry. So I, I love hearing these stories for sure. So what do you think now that you're in the U.S. and you're building this company? I feel like you've done something. You've sort of inserted yourself into the chaos again, right, of building up a new company because you have to get people to know the brand, all all of these things, you started a new factory, as you talked about, is everything in the U.S.? Are you importing or? No. So we make everything in Sydney in the factory. Okay. And then I sent, and it's sent to uh, the U.S. And we have a 3PL in Dallas where we ship the product from. Awesome. So yeah, that's what we're doing for now. And then as we grow, we can revisit that to see if that still makes sense. And where are you available in the U.S. right now? So Neiman Marcus, we just launched ne- Neiman Marcus. Um and Bloomingdale's, and we are on sex.com. We'll be in Von Moore, which is a middle, is a Midwest, uh, beautiful department store uh, in the second half. And we have an Amazon store and our.com, of course, our glasshousefragrances.com. What lessons would you share with people who are just thinking about starting a business and, and, uh, what did you not know going into this? You know, obviously had many lessons, but what what kind of things would you share with people? Be sure you. Uh, be sure that you are, you have to be like water when you're in business, don't you? You have to, water is the one thing that always finds a way in, so over, true. around, and through. 
And when you start a business, you have to be prepared to be like water. And that requires resilience and dedication and focus. Um, because if you have a good idea mm-hmm. and there's a market for what you are doing, then you can make it work. But it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And it's hard work. It's bloody hard work. And you have to love it. You have to love it. Because if you don't love it, now that's a Steve Jobs phrase. If you don't love it, then you're not going to stick to it because so it's hard. True. No, that's so true. You remind me a lot of Greg Renfrew from Beauty Counter. I had her on at one point and, you know, she, she also said it takes a lot longer. It always, I mean, everything takes longer. Right. And when we, when I see decks and plans that are like, oh, we're going to flip this in two years and, you know, it's going to be great. It's just, it's so unrealistic. Everything always takes longer. And, uh, and especially if you want to build a brand that is here to stay. And they say, you know, an overnight success is 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, I, I totally agree, but you remind me a lot of her and uh, sort of doing it for all the right reasons and so incredible. So you mentioned the stores, you mentioned where people find it on it online. Where's the best place for people to stay connected to you and your story? Oh, so our Instagram site's great. And also my personal Instagram uh, Nicole Eccles, uh, and also, and then Glasshouse Fragrances. So we have two handles, which makes our business a little complex. But because Australia's opposite seasons, summer, for example, is launching in Australia in January, de- December, January, and here we're launching in June. So we get the season happens first in Australia, and then it gets shipped over, and then it arrives here, which is good for us from a logistics point. Yeah, of totally. You know, but um, that's why we have two Instagram handles. Oh, that's so interesting. So is can- are candles really seasonal? I mean, I guess, you know, for the for the holidays, for the Christmas holidays, I would imagine there's, but are there certain things that are year round? So we do have year round, of course, but we operate, what makes us a little different is we operate like a fashion business. So we are trend based. We're always ahead of fragrance trends, what's happening And we pulse our brand exactly like fashion. So we have summer collections, winter collections. We have, and then it's sort of a hybrid with more of a homewares kind of a brand where we have Mother's Day and we have Christmas. And then we have a retail pop moment at Harvest where we do like a pumpkin, you know, scented fragrance. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we're sort of a hybrid between fashion meets homewares. And because I believe that your power of smell is your most powerful one of all. And our customers are junkies. They love fragrance and lots of it. So they, we need to feed them newness all the time. Right. And that's why we have so many animations in our and so many launches and campaigns throughout our year. Well, this is so incredible. You've got my head spinning right now around this industry that is... Uh... Um, I'm a huge consumer, but I don't know a ton about it. And so I, I loved not only your entrepreneurial lessons, but also your backstory and finding something that you're really interested in doing every single day, which I'm such a huge proponent of, but also just you're incredibly inspiring. So thank you so much thank for, you. and good luck with launching in the U.S. Everybody needs to go buy uh, Glasshouse. It's um like I said, really, really great. And you you will not be sorry. So thank you so much, <laughs> Nicole. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We are here every 
Monday, Wednesday, and now Friday. Please subscribe so you be sure to be able to listen to incredible stories like Nicole and Glasshouses and learn about not only new products, new companies, um, existing companies that are doing incredible things that have great founders and CEOs. And as I mentioned, we are here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, interviewing incredible people. So thanks everyone for listening and have a great rest of the week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.